0: Welcome to Crosspoint Community Church. We meet every Sunday exploring the practical, transforming, and relevant teaching of the Bible by doing life together. Visit our website at crosspointonline.org to learn more. Now, get ready for a powerful message from God's Word. It's good to see you. I want to welcome you to um, the gathering, the Crosspoint gathering. Um... And let me just go ahead and start off right off the bat and say, this week has been a doozy. Uh, I don't know what uh, your week has been like, uh, but uh, for for me, it's been been a doozy. Now, most of you know that uh, on Monday, uh, Bo and I went down to the country, uh, spent the night with Daddy, fell out of bed, broke something in his hip, and, uh, you know, we... He had to go to the emergency room, had to drop him off under a tent. Look at that beautiful girl right there. Um, and uh, so uh, he he had surgery uh, Tuesday night. Um, you know, we were hoping to try to get him out of the hospital as soon as possible, uh, but he wasn't responding real well. Hmm, that's a good looking girl. Um, I'm talking about Micah for you zoom folks, y'all can, y'all can scroll. Y'all don't even have to listen to me. Just look at her. That'd be all right with me. Um, um, so, uh, came back, came back Thursday, uh, and found out, uh, I guess Thursday that, um, or Friday, I I can't remember now Friday, maybe that, uh, my nephew, uh, and his daughter. Yeah, it was Friday. My nephew and his daughter tested positive for COVID. Now I wasn't around them. Um, very much. And then my sister on Friday, Debbie, uh, tested positive for COVID. And, uh, you know, she's got some underlying health issues and stuff. And so they had to shut down Red's little schoolhouse. The restaurant shut down first time ever. And, uh, so shut it down. And then, um, and then found out, uh, yesterday afternoon, late afternoon that my, uh, niece, so Debbie and her two children, my niece ran has COVID. She tested positive for COVID. So Debbie and her two children, uh, and, uh, you know, they were always concerned about us city folks going down to the country, but it just so happens that, uh, those country folks are are the are the colony down there. So I I had to I had to do away with my plan. My plan uh, sermon title for this week is Rednecks Don't Get COVID. I'm just kidding by that, by the way. Um, so um, wow, found that out. And now guess what? I was around my dad. I was around Debbie. And so I'm going to have to do some quarantining. And, uh, um, that ain't no fun. I'm not going to be able to hold little Micah for a couple of weeks. And I'm not sure I'm I'm thinking I'm going to, I'm thinking I'm going to get out of town. So y'all pray for me. I'm not sure, you know, how how this is going to work out and uh, I'll take any counsel you have, but, uh, I'm going to get out of, get out of Dodge and, um, and, uh, you know, just keep on keeping, I, I, I went yesterday morning, uh, early and, and got a test. And uh uh by and Delonica, by the way, if you need to know where you can get a good rapid test, go to I, I will tell you, they are professionals and they are great customer service. And I hope you don't need that. But anyway, so wow. Um I hope your your week has been a little less eventful than than mine has been. Uh, but um, you know, God's got this, and that's not just a a, a phrase to throw out there. Um I'm not sticking my head in the sand on this stuff. People are saying, well, are you worried? Are you? I mean, my dad, 88 years old, has been transferred now into the COVID unit. still in the hospital, still hadn't gotten up out of bed. Um, you know, yes, very concerned. You know, and as people ask me, you know, are you worried? You know, and, and I am not. I am not. And I will tell you why. Uh, because I know whom I have believed in. And I'm persuaded that he is able to keep that which I've committed to him until that day. Um, and, uh, I, you know, again, I don't know how to explain that, but God is faithful. God is good. God is in control. And he's got a plan and a purpose for each of our lives that will not be thwarted, that will not be thwarted. So <laughs> I just want to encourage you. um. To to continue to press into God and to have that experiential relationship with Him on a daily basis. <clears throat> Establish a track track record with Him uh, that will allow you to have that uh that firm hope and confidence in the fact that, you know, God truly is still on His throne and He is in control. And um and that His grace will be sufficient no matter what we go through or what we experience. Can I get an amen on that? Or a wave or whatever the case. So anyway, continue to pray for one another. Uh, continue to uh, encourage one another. Um, and uh, I do want to ask you to just throw lots of special prayers, you know, for the Grady people and especially for my dad. Since um, feeling pretty good. Bert feels horrible. Uh, Rand's got a headache. Um, but, um, and I think daddy's a little bit in la la land right now. Uh, the last conversation that Debbie had with him, uh, he was, uh, taking batteries out of, uh, all the vehicles and the tractors and stuff. And so it's like, well, n- no, you're not dad. You're in the hospital. Um, so red pray for red, pray for Debbie, pray for Rand. pray for Bert. Um, and, uh, and, and pray that, uh, I can get out of get out of dodge and get out of town before uh, I, I you know I don't know if I if I've got it or not you know the negative test is I, I would say 50-50 at best right now and so I'm going to act like I got it all right you all good with that so <clears throat> I do you know and I feel good and I feel like getting into God's word this morning so before I keep yakking, let's just pray together and And uh, we'll uh, we'll go to God's word. Father God, we just come before you this morning. And we thank you that this is the day that you have made. And we rejoice and we're glad in it. We thank you for every new day you give us. And I pray that for every one of us that we'd come and just surrender our hearts and our minds to you and allow you to speak to us. Uh, Your promise is that when we are gathered together, even virtually uh, and God, we should know that because uh, we can't touch or feel you, and yet you are more real than anything that we know of, and you are with us. And so as we are here, I pray that, Lord, you would open up our minds and hearts to receive your, your love, your grace, your truth, and your instruction that will enable us to be who you want us to be, that, that we would know your delight in each of us. And that we would be able to rest in you, that we'd be able to hope in you, and that you would be glorified in and through everything that we say and do. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right. Again, uh, just so glad to have all you folks here. Uh, Alabama folks, uh, Georgia, all the Georgia folks, Cross Point folks, NLB guys, good to see you. Give it up, my guys there. Um, so grateful to be able to do some life with you, uh, during these times, um, uh, our, um, Washington folks, uh, and so much more, uh, by the way, I was supposed to be in, uh, leaving for Alaska today, but they shut it down. So that's not happening either. So the second best thing is maybe go back to Grady. I don't know. Get on a tractor. I'm not sure. All right. So, anyway, with all this stuff going on, you know, throughout this time, throughout this pandemic, you know, I've been, you know, trying to look at all this stuff and information and the science and stuff going on. But we're learning uh, new stuff every day about this unseen virus out there. Uh, and this unseen thing is really shaking up, you know, the world and it's shaking up a lot of our lives. It just is shaking up mine right now. Um, But we're learning new stuff every day about it. Uh, And here's what I just, the analogy I want to make. If we're listening, if we're listening, we are learning new stuff every day about uh, God, our Abba Father. And if we're listening, we're learning new stuff every day about God, the Son, our Savior, Jesus. If we're listening, we're learning new stuff every day about God, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit in us. And um, it, he's just showing what it really means to have a relationship to him, uh, what it really means to be a genuine follower of him and to experience all that he is, what it really means to be his church and not just a church, not to impose our ideas on you know, what church is. And uh, really, it's been throughout this pandemic and and all of this social division that you've heard me say, you know, because we've not been able to meet in person, that I truly believe that the church scattered is being more effective than the church gathered. And if uh, Felicia, if you're listening, would you call Rayanne Culver and tell her that uh, she's interrupting my FaceTime? She's trying to call me right now. So the church gathered, uh, is being just so, uh, uh, I mean, the church gathered is just being effective and, and God is teaching us something through this. Um, and, um, let me, let me just kind of give you some, um, ideas of this. We all have you, people and all over the, all over the board as far as like, well, we just need to be getting back together and, you know, yeah, maybe we should, or we shouldn't be meeting or, but, What has happened through this time is that we've had to live our lives outside the walls of a building. And um, I think God, through his Holy Spirit, has been directing us to be the church, you know, as we live in our communities, to to realize that we're on mission every single day, that we experience church every single day um, from uh, where we are you know, whatever that location is. And uh, it's caused us to really depend on God, to really press in him to a little bit more uh, because we're not able to to be in this routine. We get in that routine and you've heard uh, our our, our rut. We get in the rut, you know, of just like doing church on Sundays. But you've heard, you know, the expression what a a rut is really. A rut is really a grave with both ends knocked out. You know, so, you know, we don't need to be in a rut. You know, we, we, we need to be fresh and, and sensitive to the leadership that God is, is giving to us personally each and every day. So um, I, I believe that God is teaching us a whole lot about what it means to be church, to be his children, to be his people. Um, because here's the deal. We all have our idea about what we want in the church. And in our, uh, in America, we're in a consumeristic society. And so, you know, we got our checklist of what we want in a church uh, and, and <clears throat> what we think a church should do and what church should be like. Uh, but, but I think, I really believe that God wants us and is inviting us to use this time, when it's been turned upside down, to use this time to rediscover what he wants the church to be. Yeah, uh, because guess what? The church is not our idea. It's his idea. It's his creation. And he says that in Ephesians, Paul says God's intent was that through the church that the greatness of God be made known. You know, and so this is a great opportunity for us uh, to really press in and understand what it means to be the church of Jesus Christ. Now, is that important right now? Absolutely. Absolutely. Man, our world is being turned upside down. There's so many people that are saying, man, these are the last days. I mean, because of of everything that is going on. The, uh, all the division, the wars, and the rumors of wars and the and the and, the, and the, all the weather situations. Now, man, there is a lot of things that seem to be falling apart right now, you know, in our world. Uh, in economies, uh families um there there's just a a lot a lot of things that aren't aren't really good right now uh, but not only that but god wants us to be reminded all the time that um there are people out there that are lost they have absolutely no idea of who jesus truly is they are lost and they are headed to a godless eternity and unless there's this radical change and this transformation that only Jesus Christ can bring into their life. Uh, And there's a lot of people that are religious and lost. Um, And so, boy, we need change. Um, We need change in our world. We need change in our nation. Boy, we need change in our politics. We need change in our communities. We need change in our homes uh, we need change in our relationships. We need, yes, we need change in our own lives. There are things right now in your life that, well, I mean, you need change. And, uh, you know, we were talking as we were going through Romans chapter 12, you know, that true change requires two things. You know, you can read about success and this and that and the other. There's all kind of books on, on you know, uh, uh, being successful or whatever, but, true change requires two things according to God's word. Number one, it requires God's power and it requires community. God's power and community. And and this whole aspect of community is what we're talking about when it comes to church. Um, What does it take for us to be a church to truly experience God's power and, and genuine community? Because nothing's going to change without that. What, it, what does it really take for us to be that? Because, see, that's what the world needs. That's what I need. I don't need more information. I don't need more stuff to do. I need transformation. And that comes through God's power and through community. And um, really, that happens whenever we as a, a, a community or as a church family are, experience the blessings of God. So the church that God blesses is the one that demonstrates God's power. The church that God blesses is the one that experiences and expresses true community. Uh, And so, um, you know, another way really to to ask the question that that I want to ask this morning is, what is the church that God blesses? I mean, what what does it take for you and I to be the church that God truly blesses. And when he blesses, then there's this transformational power. There's, there's a radical recognition that God is in this. That, uh, you know, people are saying, I, I, I need that. I want that. And so we're going to take a look today at Acts chapter 2, uh, verses 42 through 47. And so if you have your Bibles, I would encourage you to grab your Bible and look at that with me. Uh, but what we're going to be looking at is uh, really a description, God's description of the of the early church. And this is, you know, this is after Pentecost. This is after uh, Peter had just presented the good news, the gospel in such a way that people were uh, huh, uh, they were saved you know the Bible the Bible says that so many over 3,000 came in one day at that one setting so it's here in uh acts chapter 2 verses 42 through 47 that we see uh, what is involved in, in in the body of Christ as far as their commitment and their devotion so let's so begin with verse 42. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Whew, man, that's powerful stuff right there. Um, Now, let me go ahead let me go ahead and do a couple of disclaimers. Number one, get out of your mind. Well, this is the early church. Times are different now. No, this is God's eternal church, and with God, who never changes, His purpose for the church never changes. Uh, so let's 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 don't take it out of context, and you know, try to uh, to dissuade ourselves of some of the things that God wants us to know and understand and experience because we're in a different time. So it's here that we see the involvement or the commitments or the activity uh, of the followers of Christ, what it means to be a follower of Christ, what it means to be devoted uh, to um, uh, the things of God. And there are four things that we see here that it says that they were devoted. It says they devoted themselves to these things. That means with all their strength, it was, it carries, that word carries an intensity to it. It's the strongest expression really possible for a community effort. So this is what this community, this joined together community uh, we're doing. And here's the deal. They allowed nothing to interfere with that. So, so get this, they were indifferent about some things, but they were not indifferent about these four things. Does that make sense? You know, they may have been a little bit indifferent, you know, I can't hardly see, about the Braves game and, and how good they're doing. But they weren't indifferent about this. Uh, they were passionate and committed and devoted to these four things. And so what does it say? It says, the, here they are, apostles teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. All right, so... God, as you are kind of helping us rediscover what it means to be your followers and to be the church, uh, wh- what do you want to give? What do you want us to give our lives to? And you know, we can say, well, we need to do this. We need to have good music. You know, we need to be doing great outreach. No, let's 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 look to God's word and allow it to 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 reveal to us. And what what they experienced was a deeper still. Remember, we've been talking about that. God is calling us to go deeper still. In order for him to be glorified, he wants you to go deeper still. He wants you to grow. He wants me and us to grow together. But they started off with the apostles' teaching, with God's word. And not only God's word, but the inspiration of the Holy Spirit behind God's word. So it's God's living word. Now and the Bible tells us a couple things uh, about God's word. In Hebrews chapter four, it says, For the word of God is living and active, it penetrates. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. God's word. Second uh, Timothy three 16, all scripture is God breathed and useful for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting, uh, for training in righteousness. So, you know, here we see them being devoted to the voice of God, to listening to God, to hearing from God. And I, I believe that this is a definite order here. Number one, you know, uh, there was a, this explosion of 3000 believers and I'm sure they didn't know what to do. They didn't know what to do. And so, you know, the question is what's the best thing for me and you to do when we don't know what to do, what's the best thing for you to do when you get a new job or when you have a new baby uh, or, you know, you get a new tractor. Uh, I need a new bush hog, by the way. Um, if any of you got one, um, well, yeah, well you, you go to the owner's manual you know, you go to the source, you, you, you seek authority. And so what they did is they devoted themselves to God's living word. Uh, and, um, you know, the application was that, you know, the teachers would teach and and, and the community would receive and then live out and proclaim this. And uh, so, really, if you, if if my life is going to be blessed, if we are going to be a, a body, a church that God blesses, uh, then we there's no there's there's no exception. We must be devoted to God's word. Um, you know, I, I've said throughout my ministry, you know, that every major and this is true, every major decision that I have been that I've ever made has been directed by Scripture. Okay, every major decision. But what God is showing me, especially in these days, is not every major decision, every decision, every decision. You know, it's just saying, all right, Lord, I I want your word, the counsel of your word, the guidance of your word through the leadership of your Holy Spirit to direct me. And what I say, what I say right now, that's been my prayer. Lord, direct my words uh, even now on this Sunday morning. Direct me and <clears throat> or should I go left or right here? But every decision being directed by God's word. Um, and they were devoted to that. So here's a question. Here's a question for each of us. Lord, <clears throat> what step would you have me to take to go deeper independence on your word? What can, what can you do to be more devoted to God's living word? Uh, it may be just, okay, God, is, right now, he's going, just read it. Get up and start your day, read my word. And you go, uh, no, I mean, he's, he's going to point something out to you. Or it may be, you know what, there's a lot in your reading that you don't understand. And you've been a little bit reluctant to give up any more time to get in a a Bible study with someone just to study the Bible. Maybe maybe he's saying, I want you to get with one or two other people or another group of people and study his word. Now, uh, maybe you're not a part of a group. Uh, One of our Bible study groups or our life, we call them life groups. Uh, That's a step that you can take uh, to where you are systematically and regularly Involved with other people in uh, studying God's word. What does that look like? God bless these people because they were not distracted from this devotion. All right, what what step is God calling you or inviting you to take when it comes to that? Number two, uh, it says they were devoted to the fellowship. Now, you know we I've said before that word's lost a lot of its meaning. Uh, when we talk about having fellowship together, we talk about, you know, bringing <coughs> potluck dinner. You know, we're going to fellowship lunch, you, you know. Uh, and and so, you know, <coughs> uh, you're in danger of neglecting the fellowship if you forget to bring your dish. You know, you've just neglected the fellowship. Uh, but that's not what this is talking about at all. Um, <coughs> really, the word there is koinonia which makes it different from any other uh, social club or order on the face of the earth. It's a koinonia. Intimate, trusting, warm, close, fellowship, uh, used, uh, uh, it really, uh, the same use as marriage, this type of intimacy. Uh, and um, whew, uh, it, this, is, this is something that only God can give. It's something that only, come from him. It can't be organized, it can't be worked up. We can try to, we can try to plan a lot of activities or this, that, and the other. But this, this right here is a gift from God. Okay, this is a blessing from God. You know, as we're devoted to following him, then he brings a sense of Cornonia uh, to where we are um I stand amazed in his presence. Okay. And you know we just need to think about that their fellowship was locked in to their relationship with Jesus Christ. The only hope of that fellowship was the common ground of who Jesus Christ was to them. Um, It is is, is something that, you know, they were gathered around and, and they were doing life together. And uh they were sharing about the wonders of God and their and their fellowship together. So you know uh, here's here's a question. Um, you know when I get with other believers, how much time am I spending in talking about Jesus? You know, yeah, we need to talk about the weather as we get older, yeah, we got to talk about all the aches and pains and all that kind of stuff. You know, we got to talk about some of that. Uh, we got to talk about that good steak we had, you know, last night. We, we got to talk about, but are we talking about Jesus? Are we talking about the things of God? And, and if you're going, I kind of struggle with that. Um, well, guess what? He's inviting you to go deeper still. Deeper still. Because we don't experience change unless we experience God's power and what? Community. That's fellowship. That we talk about the things that really matter, things that sometimes are kind of difficult for us to air because we're a little embarrassed by it. But guess what? God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the who? To the humble. So if we're too proud to talk about it and air some of this stuff, uh, then we're not We're not experiencing community uh, as we see it here in Scripture. Here's what uh, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25 says. Let us not give up the habit of meeting together. Instead, let us encourage one another. This thing, as far as their devotion to koinonia fellowship, is really the ultimate description of what God's church looks like. Uh, Intimate trusting, sharing close. there's this uncomprehensible, unexplainable oneness and again, it is a gift that God gives through his holy Spirit. He just blesses us with it and 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 the truth of the matter is as much as we kind of resist exposure, we long for this. We long we long for true community. And so you know <clears throat> a right relationship with God is dependent on right relationships with one another. So they were devoted to the apostles' teaching, to the word of God, but also to fellowship. John chapter 17, verse 23, Jesus made this as prayer. He said, may they be brought to complete unity to let the world know that you sent me. So as as we truly experience fellowship, real fellowship, it, it sends out this message to the world of God's glory all right so Lord what's the next step that you would have me take and to where I can truly be devoted to your fellowship to the community and it may be there's something that's going on in your life right now that you you've been talking to everybody else about or maybe nobody about and he's saying no I want you to, I want you to stop living in private pain and secret shame. And I want you to get someone that loves you and loves God. And I want you to, I want you to share, I want you to be honest. Because what God wants to do is bring about change, lasting change in your life, in your relationship, in your family, in the community uh, that, that is around us in our neighborhoods. So, Lord, what's that next step? And it may be just becoming a part of a group. You know, it may be becoming a part of a group uh, and and going deeper still. It may be joining us, uh, guys, joining us on our kingdom man uh, Saturdays or Tuesdays. You know, but take the next step so that God can bless us with true community. Number three, it says that they were devoted to, they weren't distracted from breaking of bread. Um, Now that's been, that's been debated, you know, throughout history, you know, was this a community meal? Was this dinner on the grounds? Or was this uh, the Lord's Supper? Well, many theologians said, well, it's both. And I believe that it's both of those. So what was going on is that they were meeting together in their homes and they were just, they were having a big old meal. Um, By the way, We've been having some big old meals. I'm not going to be able to enjoy them uh, this next week or two, but we've been having some big old meals at the Dees house because you guys have been bringing us this great food. Thank you so much. Thank you, Sarah, for having Micah, because that meant now we had all this good food. And, um, uh, you know, so just look at our, our family and the picture of all of us just around the table and we're just having at it. You know, we're just enjoying this good food. Uh, and it's, and basically right after that, they just kind of push all that stuff aside. And then they would, they would observe the Lord's supper, this true thing that they had in common together. And, uh, so, you know, the, the significance of that was that he was the central aspect of their life, their family of their gatherings, Jesus, Jesus. And that was a declaration of that. Uh, doing as they sh- shared in the Lord's Supper, a declaration that Jesus was central to everything uh, that that they are and that they were doing. So um, pretty awesome stuff. And, and I'll tell you, there's a couple of verses in scripture I want to read to you first. Um, well, I'll, I'll just read one. So they were doing this. But the, the other picture of this was a uh, Matthew chapter nine, verse 10, we see the example of Jesus. It says, while Jesus was having dinner at Matthew's house, many tax collectors and sinners came and ate with him and his disciples. So what they were devoted to was to the example that Jesus set, set for them that they would sit around the table at the Jerusalem diner or wherever it was and they were talking to everyone about the wonders of God. And it didn't matter who showed up. So, you know, here, here's an, here's a a question. Here's an application for us, Lord. Who do you want me to bring around my table? Maybe not right now, you know, uh, during the pandemic, uh, make them do a COVID test, wear a mask. I don't know how you eat with that, but, but the, the practice is Lord, who do you want me to bring around my table? Who can, as we're gathered, even as groups, to invite non-believers to just sit, to come and experience as we talk about the wonders of God. Oh, yeah, the stuff that we're going through, but then always point back to the wonders of God. And this is what they were devoted to. This is a picture of it. And then lastly, the fourth thing was prayer, prayer. Well, we always talk a lot about Prayer. Uh, we just uh less than two years ago, we went through 40 days of prayer and it was it was absolutely transformational. Uh, but here we see um, <laughs> that they they were devoted to prayer. Now, again, 3000 people, um, uh, new Christians, you know, they all needed you know, they needed to get in a Bible study. They needed to, you know, get in a group and they needed a place to meet 3000. You know, there was a lot of logistical issues here and all, you know, all this attention they needed, but what were they, but they were devoted to prayer. That was their declaration to God. This is your deal. You do it. Uh, we, we're just going to follow you in this. Um, and so, you know, that goes along with what Jesus said when, in, in, uh, Acts, uh, in, in uh, Matthew twenty one, he says, "My house will be called a house of prayer." Um, so, really, you know, it's just a reminder to all of us. And we've been talking about our prayer opportunities, you know, uh, corporately on, on Wednesday mornings and Wednesday nights. And uh, but, but that's just a that's a, just a drop in the bucket, you know. Uh, but coming together in in a concert of prayer. And I shared on uh, Wednesday night. Just how God just moved on me and just encouraged me um, uh, through um, the time of of, of of knowing that so many people and joining with people Wednesday morning, so many people were praying for my dad. Uh, wow! I mean, it, it did something for me, and it also unleashes, you know, a God in in ways that that we can't explain. So uh, just amazing. God, here's a question. What's the, what's the next step you would have me and in, in being devoted to prayer? What does that look like for me? What does that look like for me? What does that look like for us as a body? You know, we're devoted to God's word. We're devoted to the fellowship. We're devoted to the breaking of bread and doing life together, meals and Lord's supper and to prayer. Ask him that question and, and let us know. Give us some feedback on uh, what God is revealing to you through that. Now, that's their devotions. No, nothing deterred them from that. Now, verse 33, that's one verse. That's one verse that, that clearly leads every one of us to this place of knowing what it takes for us to experience God's blessings, how we position ourselves to experience and unleash the blessings of God. Verse 43 says, everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs uh, performed by the apostles. So there was this sense of awe and wonder of God. You are amazing. God, you've got this. Verse 44, all the believers were together and had everything in common. Verse 45, they sold their property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Now, I used to kind of balk at that. You know, I used to kind of balk at that. And I even heard, uh, you know, so, so, some people say, well, you know, that's kind of a, I remember way back in, maybe it was my early 20s or whatever, but they go, well, you know, that's, that's they, they were communists, you know, well. Uh, Well, no, they were Christians. I I love what Spurgeon had to say about this. He says, you know, uh, a communist says, all yours is mine, while a Christian says, all mine is yours. And and there's a big difference there. Uh, He's not trying to talk about government here. He's not talking about that at all. He's talking about what it means to be the church of Jesus Christ that is so in love with Jesus, therefore so in love with one another that they said, what's mine is yours. Um, so, you know, and that's real different. You know, one idea is for forgetting. It's, it's the getting, but the other is all about giving. So what we see is that they were a generous church. And here's what Spurgeon says. He says, I do not believe the Lord will ever bless a stingy church. So here's a question. Lord, am I being stingy? Uh, not just in my giving, but in my resources, am, am I looking the other way whenever uh, folks and, 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 and my circle and my body has needs? Um, so anyhow, they, you know, here, they, another aspect of this that we see, it says in verse 46, every day they continued to meet together in temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. So, you know, here's a picture they didn't relegate church to a building. It was experienced in their homes. And I think that's one of the things that God is encouraging us and teaching us is that, you know, you know, God doesn't reside in a house built by human hands. But he is most blessed whenever in our homes he is celebrated. And we don't relegate it to some different place or some different thing. Um, Their homes were houses of God, you know, uh, and they were blessed through that. Um, Another Spurgeon quote. Does God need a house? He has made the heavens and the earth. Does he dwell in temples made with hands? What crass ignorance is this? No house beneath the sky is more holy than the place where a Christian lives, eats, drinks, sleeps, and praises the Lord and all he does. And there is no worship more heavenly than that which is presented by holy families devoted to his fear. And then listen to this. To sacrifice home worship for public worship is a, <clears throat> is a most evil course of action. Do you hear that? <clears throat> To sacrifice home worship for public worship is a most evil course of action. Wow. Mm. He goes on to say, one of the reasons why the early church had such blessing from God was because her members had such homes. So question, God, what adjustment or what change would you have me today make in my home? God, I've been in a rut. No, a grave with a grave. And, and, and how I do life at home, what adjustment would you have me to make in my home so that it can be the house of worship that brings you glory? And that, I believe, is the reason for this next verse. They broke bread in their homes, ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people and the Lord added to their numbers daily. Those who were being saved. All right. That's why that's what I want to camp on just for a second in closing, enjoying the favor of all the people. Do y'all know that we live in a time where it's not exactly the most popular to be a God fearing believer in Jesus Christ to say that Jesus is the way, the truth and life. No one comes to, uh, to the father, but through him to say that I'm going to live by the moral code of God's leadership and his word. Wow. Matter of fact, you know, we talked about cancel culture last week. It's really easy to be canceled out. You know, if you say I've got these values that come from God. How do you enjoy favor of all the people, of all the people, people that disagree vehemently with you? How do you enjoy favor with the people? Well, I think there's some practical stuff that we see that's from the expression of this particular deal. They were doing Jesus' life every day. They were so in love with Jesus and so in love with one another. And therefore, they were loving their enemies. They were loving their enemies and doing good to their enemies. And as a result, there was favor. Here's the next question. Lord, what can I do? what would you have me do? What do you want to do in my life? And what would you have me do so that there can be favor for your glory so that I can have favor? All right, I'm going to pick on my little daughter, Rachel. Is she, I don't know if she's on here or not or <clears throat> traveling, but that's one of the things that uh, her, her internship is about is how we can we're surveying and researching, you know, our community and and going out and finding the needs in our community uh, so that we can continue to build bridges of love and grace and goodness. And uh, so, you know, God, what would you have me do? What would you have us do? What would you have our group to do, our life group to do? in order to demonstrate your glory and to win favor with all the people. And, and then people's lives were transformed. So again, practical, tangible things may happen, but it starts with the change of heart. It starts right here. If we're not motivated by God's love, if we're just trying to accomplish something, it's not gonna happen. This blessing is a gift from God of fellowship, and it, it is rooted in the love of God and our love for one another. And that love is so real and so united uh, that it is tangible as we go out beyond the walls of a church building, just where we are, even right now, where you are right now. What, what would you have us do? Here's an example. You know, I tell you, my life's been really busy and all that kind of stuff, and and you know raising all them kids we've been living in our neighborhood for 25 years i know some of our neighbors but not a lot hadn't been you know so real intangible cuz some of you people you know um you are, some of you people are high maintenance i'm just kidding i'm just kidding i'm, just, I'm i didn't mean that uh so ha- haven't done that but but part of her job and who she is i mean uh Rachel was doing uh, just meeting with people in our neighborhood and asking, you know, just a bunch of questions about how to promote some good stuff in our neighborhood. And one of the things that rose up out of that is that they had this past Friday a poo party and, and doing a backpacks for kids going back to school. You know, it was. They, they got what, 35 backpacks filled with all the supplies that the kid just from our neighborhood she knows more people in our neighborhood than i know now and she's only been back for a couple of months um it takes some intentionality it takes walking by the spirit and not by the flesh and and the truth of the matter is that that's going to do a long way to have favor and even have a hearing and you go well i'm not worried well we're not worried about that That's God's agenda. His his desire is that no one perish, but all come and experience eternal life through Jesus Christ. So God, what what adjustments would you have me make in my devotions, what I'm committed to, so that you're so working in my life that now my attention turns outward to the people that are around me And then, Lord, I'm enjoying favor with all the people. And you are now adding daily those who are coming to life in Jesus Christ. Wow. So many opportunities for us. uh, And I want to hear from you guys. I mean, this isn't a top-down deal. This is a grassroots deal to where God is going to put you on your heart something, maybe in some of these devotions, but also maybe... It's an awareness of a need uh, to where we can continue to grow as a body. You know, maybe there's there some resource that you have available to you uh, that is going to meet a great need of some, of some member of, of the body or maybe somebody in the community. Uh, but I just want to challenge me and you. Uh, the title of today's uh, message is Real Church to continue to pray that God would give us a heart uh, to be his church, his real church in these very, very needy days. But it starts with Jesus and your relationship with him. Uh, Let's pray and uh, ask God for his leadership. Father God, we just come before you today and we thank you that you are so passionate and you love us so much and you've got a plan for each of our lives and that you are inviting us every day. Even, Even though we resist and ignore God. Your mercies are new every morning. You invite us today to come and to cast our cares on you. Perhaps there's someone today that's never trusted you and you're in, you're inviting them into a relationship with you. And if you feel God's uh, just uh, knock on your heart's door, I want to invite you to proclaim your belief in God, the father, that he loved you so much that he sent Jesus Christ into this world to do what you could never do uh, to be put in a right relationship with God by believing that Jesus has already paid the debt that you couldn't pay. And he's going to give you the life that you can never find apart from him. Just invite him in and say, Jesus, I believe you and I trust you as my Lord and savior today. Now for the rest of us as followers of his Lord, through your spirit, show us the practical adjustments that you would have us to make today, not just so we can go deeper still, but so that your name that is above every name would be lifted up and that you would be glorified. We want to be true, genuine, wholehearted followers of Jesus. And it's in your name we pray, amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at CCC Roswell. Learn more and find ways to get plugged in at Crosspoint by visiting our website, crosspointonline.org. There, you can drop us a line or submit a prayer request. Like what you hear? Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Thanks for listening. See you next week.